What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Live. I'm Jude. That's Ethan. We're here to talk some Spurs. I know in the last one, we had a little bit of connection issues, so we didn't really get to dive deep into kind of what's been going on with the Spurs. I feel like it's been a while because we've had some post games, we've had some other stuff, but I feel like we haven't really had a chance to really dig in to what I kind of made the thumbnail of. The Spurs being 1-13 in their last 14 games. And really, it feels like teams are starting to figure them out and figure figure out ways to frustrate Keldon Johnson, um, frustrate Devin Vassell. Um, obviously, they've still been able to contribute in ways. Like I think last night's or the the last game that they played against the Lakers is a really good example because Keldon, you know, had a really good. If you just looked at the stats and not the shooting numbers, you'd be like, oh, this is a good night for him. But still, you know, finding ways to make these guys miss shots, and you can kind of find that with Devin as well in the first game that they played against the Lakers on Friday. 0 for 6 from 3, which is something that, you know, he hasn't, that hasn't been common for him this season, but was able to still have, I think, around like 16 points and contribute handling the ball and stuff like that. Um, But the main thing is, is the stuff that our guys were doing kind of early in the season when they got those six wins, it really feels like the rest of the league has has found some ways to kind of shut down the success that, uh, you know, Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson were having, which was really opening everything else up on offense. But do want to give a shout out to Trey Jones, too. Had 23, 13, and 8 last night, or excuse me, Saturday um, in the most recent game against the Lakers. So, you know, there's been some good things that we've seen through all of this. Malachi Branham played a good game as well off the bench. Um, but overall, it seems like this is kind of the Spurs team that we were expecting coming into the season. Ethan, what are kind of your thoughts on being 1-13 in the last 14? Yeah, I just want to echo everything that you said, Jude. You put it pretty perfectly. Other teams are finally figuring out, you know, the Spurs system. And if you can slow down Devin or Keldon or both of them, it's going to be difficult on a night-to-night basis for us to win. Um, it hasn't helped. The guys have been in and out of the lineup for various mm-hmm. reasons, injuries, rest, whatever it may be. So we've kind of lost some of that cohesion and chemistry that that was so prevalent early on. I think we're still trying to find that chemistry again for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know if it is defenses figuring out our offense or if it's simply just that, you know, we, we haven't played enough reps together and with lineups changing every, every given night, it's hard to find that consistency. Um, but something I found interesting, Jude, is there's, there's two players that have really struggled the past month in the entire month of November, Keldon uh-huh. and Josh Richardson. Um, everyone else has stayed pretty consistent as far as numbers go, but right. KJ dropped from 23 to 18 points per game. And his efficiency just plummeted from 40% from three to 30% from three. And then, of course, Josh Richardson, I think he was averaging about 12, and now he's only averaging, let's see, nine a game. Also on just struggling from three, only shooting 30% from three as well. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe, hopefully, this is just like a you know one of those struggles that they'll eventually shoot themselves out of. Um, but they've definitely been, been hurting, especially efficiency-wise. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head right there. Um, that's been the biggest issue with Kelvin because he's taken the same amount of shots that he was taking before. It's yeah. just now they're not falling. And when you watch the games, it, he's definitely not getting the same looks that he was getting earlier. Now, I do wonder, like you, you mentioned kind of, is it all just, you know, schemes or is it a little bit of, you know, a little bit of the Spurs youth and not having those reps together showing? I think that's definitely a factor as well. 
Um, but I definitely feel like for the main guys, when it comes to, I, well, I want to say Devin's really been pretty consistent he overall has, throughout yeah. all of this, which is really impressive and testament to him. But Keldon specifically, who's already got the big contract, you know, known around the league, all the Draymond comments, you know, everybody, you know, around the league really likes Keldon. Even coming into the draft when he fell to 29, it was like everybody was like, how did this happen? He was the star player, you know, under John Calipari at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but teams know who he is now. And I think that definitely over November, they saw what he was doing early. And now they're not just letting him, you know, take these pull-up jumpers or, you know, people are being sometimes, you know, like obviously I'm not an elite basketball player or anything, but sometimes it really can be like inches whenever it comes to being a good contest or, you know, a shooter having enough space to get the ball off of. And now I think, you know, like before coming into the season, if you're just a, a defender around the league, yeah, your coach may tell you this, but it's like, okay, Keldon Johnson's not going to give me, you know, seven threes tonight. But the thing is now he kind of has that ability. And obviously now people know that. And I think that, you know, they're playing him a little bit more physical, Ding up a little bit more in his face, having better contests um, and, and just frustrating him more in general. Like whenever he has the ball in his hands, whenever it comes to before, you know, he was able to kind of get off the ball a little bit more and drive to the rim a little bit more easily, whether it was from dribble handoffs or even just in one-on-ones. But now mm-hmm. it's like, it's all frustration. He's getting physical from the jump when he gets the ball. And I think that's probably more of a testament to just him being recognized around the league, which, yeah. you know, we're talking about it. It doesn't seem like a bad thing, but it also is tough because he's really struggling. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a big drop off for sure. And I can only I'm sure that sucks for him mentally, because at the beginning of the year, you know, we he obviously loves to scream all that stuff like he he's definitely loves to bring the juice. And whenever you're struggling like that, it's really hard to do that. And so I'm mm-hmm. sure that, and that's, you know, that's like your love for the game. Obviously you're in the NBA, so it's like you're signing up for this, but at the same time, it's like, that's a really tough thing to deal with, with him still being like 22, 23 or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You, you felt so good probably at the beginning of the year. And then now it's like, Oh, nope. It's the grown men. They, they know you now, you know, 1, and, you adjust. and I can see that kind of mental frustration in the entire team. I don't know, just like body language and, you know, how they're playing basketball. I don't, I don't think that they're giving any less effort, but it's clear that they're getting frustrated with themselves um, on the court because they're, they're just playing right now, you know, sloppy basketball, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, team-wide. And another thing that we forgot to mention during this losing streak, we have been playing, aside from arguably the Lakers, really, really terrific teams. Mm-hmm. Like the Kings are probably the worst team that we've played, but even they are playoff caliber right now. They're having a good year for sure. They're really and they have all star caliber players and De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. And you can trash talk the Lakers all you want, but they still have Russell Westbrook, who's a Hall of Famer, Anthony Davis, who's on a, just a, a tear, and yep. LeBron James really for that first been. game. Uh, I know he had nine turnovers, but I was there. He his impact was felt, um, and it did kind of feel like he was just kind of going through the motions out there. And the Lakers, I know they've struggled a lot this year, but just being in the building, it mm-hmm. never felt really like we had a chance. It, it, it almost felt like they were kind of toying around with it, and they were like, all right, the Spurs are kind of going on a run. Let's let's get back into the groove of things, and then they would score and get on a with their food. League, basically. And they, it, you know, it never felt – there was yeah. not like a, like a real ebb and flow. It was very much cat and mouse, um, unfortunately. It's just the reality of our season – but I'm sure we'll get on a winning streak once we start playing some right. teams that are more our <laughs> level. Uh, but Pelicans, Clippers, Warriors, Portland, these aren't teams that you would expect the Spurs to to beat. We were just hoping that maybe we'd be a little more competitive. 
Um, but at the end right. of the day, you know, we're closer to the lottery. <laughs> right. No, and that's the thing. And we've talked about that before, especially with just like the difference not being that significant once you're in the bottom five. Um, yeah. Once you get in that, you know, you're kind of in the the higher range whenever it, there's a big gap um, between those bottom five teams. So that's that's the good news. Right. But, you know, mm-hmm. just talking about that Friday game a little bit, that was the game you were at, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're at Friday. Friday. Just kind of tell us about what it was like being there and, and seeing the guys in person. Obviously, still a tough one, but only an 11 point loss. Um, and another thing, you know, tell me about what you saw from Sohan because it seemed like he had a solid game in both of the Lakers games, even though, you know, both were else. Yeah, I don't have the stats in front of me, so I'm just going to go on mem- off memory. So in the comments, you. feel free to tell me I'm wrong or whatever if you're, the stats oh, are. I got you with the stats, Ethan. Don't worry. Okay, I got it pulled six, up. Six. So it, it really, we got off to a rough start. There were a mm-hmm. lot of Lakers fans there, by the way. Yeah, as Lakers usual. Lakers turned out in San Antonio, yeah. and they were around me, and they were trash-talking, and it was getting really <laughs> annoying, but whatever. Sohan, right. to start with him, was a bright spot in my mm-hmm. eyes. He felt aggressive the whole night. He was trying to get to the basket, actively looking for his shot. I don't think he took very many, but it, it felt 11, like to me he was – Five for 11 from the field. For 11. One for he, three from three. Usually he'll drive with the intention of obviously trying to hand it off or mm-hmm. kick. It looked like to me he was going at LeBron James, going at Wenyon Gray Gabriel, really looking for his shot, which was great to see. But at the same time, being one of the best playmakers on the court, aside from Trey Jones, it's clear to me that you know he struggled when he when he was the point guard without Trey right, Jones. Right. But he he is a point guard mentally. Like he understands how to play basketball. He understands where everybody's supposed to be. He doesn't feel Comes from lost. Europe. Right. Mm-hmm. He's got that he's, background. Exactly. And defensively, you know, he's going to have his lapses. He's a rookie. He's guarding guys like LeBron James, like Anthony mm-hmm. Davis at times where he's just going to be bullied. You know, that, that happened a few times, but, but he looked confident. He didn't look rattled at all. Um, really the difference was our three point shooting. I remember looking up every like five seconds and it just going from 20% to 14% to 10%, oh, no. and Keldon could not find the bottom of the basket. And, you know, props to him, though. Mm-hmm. After that first half, he really took it to Anthony Davis and Wendy and Gabriel and their bigs. He was attacking their chest. He realized his shot wasn't falling, and he had to impact the game somehow, and he was able to take the ball to the rim. And I think we, we, we dwindled the lead down to about three, and we had the momentum, and it felt great. But like I said, the Lakers were like, all right, let's, let's settle down, and they very quickly pulled it back out to a 12-point lead. And then the fourth quarter rolled around and we just could never find our way you know, to scratch back into it. Uh, but Sohan was aggressive. Like I said, Devin was aggressive. It was just the rest of the team couldn't propel and Keldon couldn't you know, wrap his arm around Devin and the two of them couldn't attack it together. It was really Devin you know, by himself, it felt like. Um, and then, you know, I mean, everybody else was, was solid, but talent-wise and, and execution and really our three-point ball not falling – was was the key in the recipe for the Lakers? Yeah, eighteen percent from three for the yeah, Spurs. Was, and the Lakers were only twenty nine, but still six for thirty three overall. Yeah, Sohan had thirteen points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, and a block. He felt so, great. He felt great. Yeah, he definitely he filled up the stat sheet that night. And looking at the next game, I don't know if it was as much for him, but this was a stat sheet stuffer for a lot of people just because it was one forty three to thirty eight or one thirty eight. So. Mm. I like not, not like a lot of defense. Sohan actually only five points and three assists, um, but did make a three, one for one from three, hundred percent. But he go. let the other guys cook. That's that's a typical Sohan stat line. Where well, he only played fourteen minutes too. 
So mm. interesting there. Another questionable decision rotation-wise. Not questionable, just like another, another um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Piece of evidence to put into our rotations being inconsistent could be a, you know, reason as to why our lineups have been inconsistent. That's a horrible way to say yeah. that, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, Malachi Branham, three for four with on 17 minutes, two for three from three, had eight points, Good. two assists. Um, Romeo Langford made a three as well. And yeah, Josh Richardson's absence, sorry to cut you off. No, please. I was just it, about to say that. It actually didn't feel that um, heavy. Like, I, I didn't really feel like we missed him mm-hmm. all that much. Doug, I felt like we felt. Not having a, just a three-point shooter out there, because he didn't play yeah. that Friday game. But but Josh, Jay Rich, I hate to say that because I love him, but he's been struggling so mightily with, with just holding onto the ball, playmaking, and shooting from distance. It didn't feel like we missed mm-hmm. him all that much. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. He's a potential tradable piece, I think, especially when Blake Wesley comes back. Um, that'll be really telling. And But it's it's so tough because he's when you have like an actual playmaker and you, you stick him next to him, he's a solid piece off the bench. Definitely, definitely. I could see, you know, I, th- this kind of goes into our man Adrian comments, uh, Adrian C's comment earlier that I didn't mention. I think we are also under mes- underestimating how we are stealth tanking. Injuries mm, are maybe. taking a long time to come back from AKA tanking, which is exactly what I was just thinking about for Jay Rich. I was like, he's still out. I remember whatever it was that I heard, like I saw him on the, this was like, last week sometime like near the beginning of the week i forget which game it was um but he was in street clothes so i knew like okay he's injured but it's not that bad but this year we're probably gonna hold him out as long as possible just like devin in the beginning of the year when he got uh yeah a bit. and you could tell like they could probably go out there and play right then if they needed to but we're not gonna do that this year so speaking of injuries the zach is back the zach collins is back and uh he, he struggled a little bit but mm-hmm he hit Russell Westbrook in the head, so he he made him bleed. He, he UFC elbowed him. The best part <laughs> about that is the Friday game, which is when I was there. He was trash talking with Russ in the fourth quarter. Russ was on. Why the, am I not surprised that those two are trash talk? Trash oh yeah, talking. Russ was on the bench. He was like sitting on the floor, and he was just mouthing to to, to uh, Zach. And Zach took his whole mouthpiece out and like walked over to him. And then Pop was like, "Get out of the game! Get out of the game!" So they didn't have a lot of time. But it was oh my God. interesting that the next game he literally took an elbow to the face. Like that's so funny. Such a Zach thing to and do. And then what did he say? Um, in the press conference, he was like, "I swear, I didn't mean it on purpose." <laughs> Zach. Oh, Zach. There's something else I was going to say from that, but our man Eric Piscina is in the chat. We appreciate you being in here, my guy. Uh, was at the Pelicans game, and boy, was Pop heated with Keldon. Mm. Yeah, that was the last one I watched. That was the Jay Rich game that I was talking about. Was the Pelicans game, and oh, that was just a. Mm. We talked. That was the last post game we did. I'm pretty sure. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and that was just Zion, man. <laughs> You're, we just, I don't know what we're gonna do against him, and I understand why Pop is getting heated. He, he, Keldon's gonna get a lot of Pop yellings from here on out. Um, Devin got know, one too on Friday. Right. Even, even bad. Even when they're stars, they're gonna still get that stuff because we've seen it for you know almost two decades here with Pop, or more yeah. than two decades. Um, but yeah, I I understand why he was heated at him in that scenario because they probably challenged him before the game. That they definitely did. Like, hey, 
you know, slow down Zion, like make a statement tonight, you know, be, be nasty against him. Cause you're somebody you, y'all were rivals in college. Well, actually, I don't know if they played together in college, but still Duke and Kentucky mm-hmm. are rivals. So they know each other, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. um, and they've matched up against each other in the past when Zion was kind of playing more of the small ball four. obviously he didn't play that much, but there's been some Keldon Zion matchups before. Um, and yeah, he couldn't do anything. Nobody <laughs> he can, lost though, the weight. Right, right. He, I mean, he couldn't he couldn't do anything really in the past, but it was like he was more able to when he had, you know, like the extra 20 pounds on him. And I think that they just asked him to do that. And he was just getting caught up in rotations. Mm-hmm. And and the way like when and when Zion is like, I mean, what? He's 270, 260, and he's athletically, you know, full strength, like all muscle, and he's athletically quickly like bouncingly you know how he how he runs like yeah making cuts through the defense like screens and stuff like what what is you know and it's like obviously you still got to chew your guy out and be like hey like you need to you know stay on your defensive assignment but there's nothing that he was going to be able to do in that situation like Zion i think is terrifying <laughs> Giannis is like the only person i can think who can match up with him like yeah. i'm trying to think of other we people who can that. do that yeah I, I said JJJ only because of length. Like he's he's big enough too, but athletically, you're right. He could probably just go around him pretty easily on the perimeter. But it's tough. Yeah, not many guys out there. But well, speaking of Keldon, sorry to cut you off again, ahead, but no. uh, I know we we try and stay away from like hot takes, if you will. But I don't even think this is a hot take. I just I don't know how long I can give Keldon the excuse of being the young star struggling right now he needs to pick it up sooner rather than later because he is our best player we and gave him a big contract too big contract and right now Devin, at least for this month has outplayed him and i'm not trying to say that Devin's not a good player he clearly is but Keldon's supposed to be at least at this point in their career he's a year ahead of him right the better player so he can't struggle like this forever hopefully he can kind of dust off the shooting struggles that's happened in the past um but he needs to turn it around pretty quick because if he doesn't, then I know we're not trying to win that many games, but it's going to be painful basketball if he can't turn it around quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. I don't really have any counterpoints there because it's just like, you can only shoot, you know, really inefficient for so long. Yeah. You and know. it's not even just from three. He's 37% from the field. Just overall, he's not mm-hmm. shooting well. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and, it, and it's like he's almost – it feels like he's almost reverted back to some stuff. Like when he just mm-hmm. gets frustrated, he just goes towards the rim. Yeah. Like he did his first year with, you know, uh, with De- DeRozan and DeJounte kind of being able to draw some more attention. Now he's the main attraction, and, and it's just – he's just going to have to make some super tough shot, you know. And that's something that also like Sean and and Bill have said in a lot of the games that I've been watching. It seems like during the stretch also the Spurs have had a really like when the Spurs, they've had a really tough time finding easy shots. And it feels like the teams that they're playing are able to just have effortless, easy shots. And it's like every shot that the Spurs make, it's super tough. Like it has to be a a floater in traffic from Trey Jones. It has to be, you know, a super tough step back jumper in mid range from Devin to create space, or yeah. it has to be Keldon, you know, driving to the rim or, you know, and barely, you know, having finishing to like, through contact, yeah. right. Finishing through contact, or he's having to shoot a three in somebody's face. Like 
Yeah, you we know, don't. Have, but he, but we don't have a lot of like weapons on offense, for lack of a better term. Like we have guys that can do stuff, but we don't have people that really attract attention. We have yeah. like two people who attract attention, and it's That's like true. they can just lock in on those two guys and like okay you can live with doug mcdermott beating you because that's really the only other person that's gonna like beat you from time to time and mm-hmm. if you outshoot them you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. And threes, which teams have been doing, <laughs> because it's really only been dug over the stretch with everybody else's shooting struggles. Mm-hmm. It's an easy dub for them. And it's compounded when our ball movement has diminished right? the past few weeks, like so quickly. We went from 2014 Spurs ball movement to, you know, 2019 Spurs ball movement. <laughs> it was just overnight, it seems like. so. Yeah. Eric says, wait, Vassell was a lottery picked. Kelvin was a diamond in the rough. My hot take is Vassell is that dude. So what he's saying is that long term for sure. There's different standards. The The one thing that I would say about that, and I still think that's a good point overall for sure, mm-hmm. um, but I, I would say that Keldon was kind of projected to be more of a lottery type player. So even though we picked him at 29, it was like he was like kind of like it, this draft, Malachi Branham, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, same with Blake. Both of those guys fell. It was like, I remember some podcast that I was listening to, it was like the Spurs were like calling everybody trying to be like, is there a reason he's dropping? Like, is there something wrong with him? And mm-hmm. it was, everybody was like, no, it's just kind of the way that the draft has gone this year. He's actually, he's like, he's a, I mean, he was like first team, like all sec, like freshman of the year, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Weird, Kentucky. Yeah. It was just, but sometimes that happens, you know it what does. I mean? Yeah. And there were, there were a lot of other good guards that year too. So. That's very true. And I was only saying as like for right now, like I yeah. do think Devin has a higher ceiling and in the, in the future, he will be our better player than Kelvin. But at this point in their careers, he should be, he should this, be this stretch can only last so long. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Until you, the, like you said, excuses. I mean, and you don't, I, cause it's not necessarily an excuse. Cause I really feel like it is like the league is catching on to him and it's like, mm-hmm. You know, at any player, this it's just how if he doesn't bounce back, then it's like you're going to have to start questioning whether or not, you know, he can have that role. And it's tough to do at such a young age. But now there's so many young players that are doing it already. Yeah, exactly. You can only give them so much time. An all star caliber caliber player will transcend a defensive scheme. Right. If he's not that fine that's that's cool but i'm not gonna let for the next couple years if he can't get over this hump then i'm not gonna keep saying oh but he's a future all-star you know what i mean i'll change the narrative to he's a solid third piece on Mm -hmm. on a team you know what i mean rather than he is our best player currently or future Mm -hmm. our man adrian says vassell is playing unbelievable right now he goes into stretches where his shots don't miss and he hits his shots when he is Mm -hmm. completely covered slash defended absolutely yeah couldn't agree with that more. I mean, he's – I don't want to say this, but I, he's going Kobe mode. He really is. Like I – you know, he's got the leg sleeve. He's got the number. He's got the Kobe's on. It's his favorite player. He had some Kobe shoes the other night, I think before the Pelicans game. Um, and he's – you can see definitely um, 
this is not me saying Devin Vassell is Kobe Bryant. I want to be very clear. Mm-hmm. But you could see like some similarities in in their game, just in the way that he's got that Penny Hardaway step back down. That it's mainly that. <laughs> it's yeah, mainly that, just that. But his bag is definitely increased for sure. Looking like Rip Hamilton. How about that? He play, and he plays hard to it. Like whenever I've talked about him coming off the dribble this year, you know, mm-hmm. like obviously he didn't have the opportunity to do that before, but he always comes off with like intensity and purpose. It's never the, he's never played lazy throughout the entire oh, year. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'd almost like him to be more selfish at times. Right. Because he's he is at least right now, he's such performing a like our best year. player. Yeah. And when he's when he's aggressive, he's impossible to stop. It seems like um, and what I, what we love about Devin is he is able to play without the ball and move without the ball and be unselfish and let Kelvin and Trey and everybody else kind of eat as well. Um, mm-hmm. but at times, especially when we're struggling, I would like to see him just be like, all right, all right, give me the ball and, and go to everybody work. Everybody clear out. It's Zach, come give me a screen. Right. Not to a DeJounte or a DeMar level where it seems like it's only what we do is that, mm-hmm. but from time to time, especially when we're struggling, just take over, be that guy. And also, it's like his playmaking has got better this year. Like, you can dribble, you can Mm playmake too, and a lot of times, he's going to draw that attention. If he's driving inside, you can kick out to an open shooter. So, like, there's a lot of good stuff that can come from that for sure. It doesn't even... I mean, we we do want it sometimes to just be him because it's like, Mm -hmm. there are times that we try to run through the offense, and it's like, when Devin's hot this Mm -hmm. year, it's like, you you just got to let him shoot. Let him do his thing. If he's in the game, the ball has to touch his hands at least one time. In a right. possession. Because even if he doesn't score, he can open something else up for somebody else to score. Mm-hmm. Need KJ to be better, not only for the Spurs' sake, but he's killing my fantasy team. For this. <laughs> hey, he's on my fantasy team too. We're oh, three and rip. two right now. We're trying to move to four and two, but I appreciate the comment, John. Um, yeah, we're we're in agreement there. We were just talking about it. I finally, this is kind of off topic, but no, I finally cool. found a good NBA pair, uh, comp for Trey Jones. Okay. Because you know how we always have to say Ice like Jones? Chris Paul-like? No, not that. <laughs> We're always like Chris Paul-like, but obviously not as good because Chris Paul's a legend. Mm-hmm. How, about, how about Mark Jackson? Interesting. I honestly didn't watch too much of Mark Jackson, I feel Go, like. Literally, Mark Jackson, all he did was, was playmake and floaters. That was it. Like, go watch him on the Pacers back when he played with Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson. All the old heads in the comments. You play really good defense? That's the thing. I don't think so. Not really. Okay. (laughs) I've only seen like a handful of games. I would just like, while while I'm in class, I would put on Pacers, Knicks games and stuff. But I was trying to think of like, not, I guess not as old of examples, but just like older players who aren't in the league right now that I could compare him to. And I don't know why the first one that came to my mind was Framin Felton. Because I don't really feel like Raymond Felton. No, I don't really think Raymond Felton compares to him that much. But yeah, that was just the first thing that came to my mind. That's not bad. <laughs> I think he's a little bit better on offense when he was how on about, the about Kirk, uh, Herky Kirky, uh, Captain Kirk Heinrich. Oh yes, yes. What's that? A little bit. Kirk's a little bit better of a shooter. Yeah, definitely more of a natural shooter, but like kind of in that range exactly. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about this ethan mark has brought up the obvious with all of this like so we're talking about all of this we kind of just 
dissected it, diagnosed why the Spurs are one in 13. But we can kind of talk about the impact a little bit now to wrap things up here if you're down. Um, mm-hmm. Mark says Spurs need Wemby or Scoot. And that's that's kind of the takeaway here is it seems like we mentioned it a little bit earlier. The Spurs are moving towards the lottery. And I was kind of thinking about talking to you about this, like maybe doing some draft profiles, like just going and watching some tape on some players and coming back and making a short little video talking about them. You know, potentially people that the Spurs could draft because this is a deep draft. That is the good news for the Spurs. I know like the five guys that come to my head immediately because you've got obviously Wembenyana and Scoot Henderson. Those are probably unanimously one and two in this draft. But then you've got both of the Thompson twins and their stock is only rising in overtime elite. It feels like that league is just going to, you know, kind of keep rising. Obviously, the Spurs have Don Barlow off of there. Um, and and these two guys are really these twins are really about to be stars and it seems like they're getting quality talent. The point is, overtime elite stock is rising, and as mm-hmm. that continues to happen, and these two young kids continue to play better, um, they're they're only going to continue to rise too. It seems like both of those are going to be potentially top five picks, um, and then also Cam Whitmore. Um, I know he's going to be a top five player as well. I've seen him mock to the Spurs in a couple of early mock drafts. Obviously, a, a lot has to play out, so those are kind of meaningless right now. Um, but it seems like there there are a lot of guys that the Spurs can get in this draft. Um, but it might be another thing where it's like another guard or another wing. That's that's where I'm very interested with this next draft because it feels like the Spurs are investing a lot in this upcoming draft. Um, but I, I just wonder who's going to be the sacrificial lamb here. And maybe we'll have that question answered at the trade deadline um, mm. because you know they're always going to go best player available. And maybe it doesn't happen until after the draft, now that I'm thinking about it more. But like if, you know, if we take one of these super talented guys, if we end up getting a top 10 pick like Sohan's playing already, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I wonder who in the rotation to me, it it kind of thinks about it's like, okay, Jay Richard Doug, because it's just like naturally they're easily tradable and, you know, they're not their ceiling isn't going to be as high as whoever we pick then. Um, Yeah. But what what are your kind of thoughts on that? As far as who would we be moving off of? Yeah, potentially like, and and obviously that depends on who we draft too. Because if it's a big, then, you know, it could, it's going to be a different player depending on who the position it is. But potentially, you know, just looking at those guys in the lottery, um, who do you think, like whose minutes would they steal? Oh, I think pretty much everybody's open season except for KJ, Devin, uh, Sohan, Blake Wesley, and Bronham. And Wesley and Bronham are not exactly yeah like, because if we drafted Scoot Henderson, it's not like concrete, right? Exactly. Like everybody else, though, Jakob, Jay Rich, Doug, mm. Zach Collins, even Trey Jones, Kata Bates, Isaiah Roby, everybody else, you know, they are. This is a horrible word to say, but for the sake of this video, expendable, if you will. Right. Right. Especially if we get a Wemby, a Scoot, any of those guys that you just mentioned in that top five, because. We're banking heavily that this pick is going to be our David Robinson, our Tim right, Robinson. or our like, next big pick, right? Yeah. So, interesting times, interesting times in Spurs land, Ethan. If we miss on this pick, it's, it's like, so long. If the lot is bad, right? Because that's always a possibility too. You can have the highest odds, have not a great record, and then end up at like number ten. I think don't the top five people like guaranteed top five now, or is that am I messing? I think up? you can fall out still. Oh yeah. boy, 
I, I think there's only a certain like amount that you can drop depending mm-hmm. on your record. But like, yeah. Well, hopefully the draft gods look kindly upon us <laughs> for the third time in our in our beloved franchise's history. They need to rig it. it. When David Griffin was there with the Zion pick, we knew what was happening. You know, and and this needs to be Tim Duncan 2.0. If we get the what our record pick, this the NBA is fixed because it yes, would be such I a agree. perfect storyline. No, yeah, like it's too perfect. Like he literally played on Tony Parker's team in France. We've had three number <laughs> like, one picks, all of which have been bigs that have at the time been transcendent, like. Like David Robinson was a like a big a seven feet one that could run the floor and shoot from the outside, right? It was like, oh god, transcendent consensus number one overall pick. If we get Timmy, Timmy, David, and Wimp, like that would, yeah, it's because they're both those are all Hall of Famers, MVP, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh my if god. if Wemby pans out, but that's the kind right. of hype at least around him right now, right, right. It, it, and it's only comparable to to those two guys, like in the past. As far as bigs, yeah, maybe Shaq. Like, yeah, bro, that's that's true. Yeah, not even Hakeem, because Hakeem. Well, because really, like, Timmy was after Shaq. Yeah, it was Timmy David was Shaq and then Timmy. And that's what a lot of people are saying. Like, this is the the most like number one. Obviously, LeBron was in there, so that's different. No, we're but just they talking say, bigs, right? When we're talking bigs, like. He's kind of the last one. So there's just a bunch yeah. of parallels to the Spurs. Dwight Howard didn't have that hype. He didn't even play for like two years. Hakeem was just a, a defensive center. He had no offense in college. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kareem. Kareem was that guy. Yeah. Wilt, obviously. Now we're going way too far. But back. those are, yeah. But those are, yeah. No, no, but like so far back, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. man. I'm trying to think, but I'm definitely just going to try to get, you know, watch a lot more college basketball, try to get mm. familiar with that, the best players and stuff, because yeah. that's really where the Spurs are locking into now at mm-hmm. this point in the season. <sighs> I wish there was more to say, Ethan, but I really feel like now it's just like they just, they need more. They need this another what we are. star, right? Because once you get that, that's going to make KJ and Devin's life much Wait. more easier, right? Plus a full year of building this chemistry. I'm sure we'll move off of... Sohan is going to continue to develop as well. We're going to get to see a good bit of Blake Wesley, hopefully, at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. And maybe some trades at the deadline. Right, right. That could really be something that could be uh, in the rearview mirror that you you don't see, I guess. Something that Mm -hmm. could come up and surprise you is the trade deadline. I mean, we we declined... That happened last year. Yeah, we declined the Lakers trade proposal. That yeah. was a couple weeks back. It was Russ in a first, but it was lottery protected. Mm-hmm. So if they offered that to us unprotected, I think the Spurs would take it. Yeah. But it has to be unprotected. <sighs> yeah, and that was like the big thing with the Lakers, though. That was what they didn't want to do in any trade. They were like, that's what yeah. held up the Buddy Heald and Miles Turner trade. Yeah, but they um, want both. Pacers. Yeah. That we was only true. want one. But so, still, like, the, the protected, the reason, right. And that was... They still weren't giving willing to give them up unprotected. Like I think they might have been willing to do that Pacers trade if both picks were protected. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But they Yeah. They wouldn't that was their like, nope, we're not gonna do that. And now the Lakers look, they beat us the last two games, but they're yeah. still like six and eleven or something. It's not 
They're on the uh, upward trajectory. Seven and eleven. Yeah. Old Street Close is playing out of his mind right now. Knock on wood if he stays healthy. <sighs> I'm trying to see the standings. Okay. So the Spurs are now at the second. <laughs> yes, bottom five officially, Ethan. We've made it. We got to stay go. here. We got to stay here. <laughs> Six and 15. The Rockets are catching up. Did you see the Rockets wave bye-bye to DeJounte? And I did. That was the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. That was so good to see <laughs> for Ugh. us. Oh, my God. And the Lakers are still 7 and 11. They're still like bottom six in the league. That's crazy. The Mavericks are nine and ten too. Yeah, with all the stuff I hear about Luca, I didn't even realize that. They just picked I, up Kemba Walker though. Not I that think that will help. But the Pelicans are going to be a problem this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're gonna yeah for sure. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Any final thoughts for this SSPN episode, Ethan? We'll be back Wednesday. Yes, post game Wednesday. Let's see who we're playing. I can't believe I don't even know. I don't know off the top of my head. I haven't looked yet. I think I had it open. Let's see. The Thunder. So that should be one oh. that maybe maybe the Spurs will get a win. Let's go. They, and they got New Orleans, New Orleans and Phoenix right after that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Couple yeah, they, losses. Honestly, the, the upcoming schedule is going to be tough other than like the two, the, the OKC game. And the Rockets game. There's There's some Rockets games through the end of December. And then we have a Magic game at the end of December. But everything else is going to be pretty tough mm. for this month. I, I see maybe three or four wins this month, which would keep us about where we're at in the league. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's hey, fine. Tank mode. That's what our man RR210 Texas says. Oh, yes, another sir. comment that I missed. He said, Do you guys think Primo will come back to the Spurs? I do not think that will happen. No. Um, but I do think I, I'm I think People said it's going to come out. We'll eventually get it. But I'm just very curious. I mean, and maybe it won't. Maybe that was a part of the settlement. But I'm just the whole thing is just kind of strange to me, like the way it played out. Like, not, and that's not me saying I don't think, you know, this or that didn't did or didn't happen. It's just like weird to me that, you know, there's this whole big press conference about it. And then, you know, there's a settlement and Primo and the Spurs are just good now. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. like in the Spurs wave him and I mean I'm sure like in the grand scheme of things like it's good for the Spurs obviously because you know the settlement's done and obviously whatever her complaints were were met and there are some things I know they're working on I did see that like you know she's consulting them on like things on how they can improve stuff in the workplace and prevent that mm. from happening again which is obviously what you want but I'm just kind of like this is weird it feels like this was about to be a huge legal case you know what I mean? And we were going to have a hearing and everything and really get all the details. And there was a big accusation here. And this was, you know, maybe going to like be a stain on the first rule stain for the Spurs. And then there's just a settlement and it's like, nope, drop the case against the Spurs. If she just, mm. just dropped the case against the Spurs, like that would be a little bit more Different, like, yeah. I would understand that. I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Right. Like they're mm. cooperating with you, but you drop it on Primo too. Like, and then yeah. he just like, maintained his innocence the whole time and hasn't had another public statement since like it's just weird like i there's something else going on there and that's mm-hmm. not me saying that it was all fake or anything i just think that there's something else that that happened and obviously that's probably a part of the settlement so it may be something that just doesn't ever come out um yeah 
but this it's is just, why you, 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 am I crazy for thinking that you're not crazy and yeah. I, as somebody that has future aspirations to possibly be a lawyer this is why I hate settlements I despise settlements I know they're part of our legal system not to get overly political here but we'll never know and now this opens up the you know window for people on both sides of the aisle people to say that she was lying and made the whole thing up and, and is fabricating right, and, right. and blame the victim and it also opens up people who are are going to just say that Primo is, you know, a horrible, sickly person that should never, ever work again and needs to go back to uh, Canada and, and, and work at a gas station for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Because we'll yeah. never have solid answers because he could be innocent and she could have lied, possible, or she just didn't want this to be public and just wanted some money so she could, you know, recover mentally as well as damages and whatnot. Like we'll, we'll never she, have the, you answer. know, like the Spurs really, she really felt like the Spurs were actually trying to like, you know, make amends and, and fix and it the best. And she was like, there's no, but that's where the primo part is weird. Exactly. For me. I understand the Spurs part, but how do you go from like, you know what I that's mean? That's what I'm talking about is the primo yeah. stuff, not the Spurs yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is exactly the point. He'll um, eventually get a job though. <laughs> yeah. I think he will too. Uh, Adrian C makes a good point here. Honestly, Houston Definitely Magic and Thunder don't look like easy dubs. They're not, nope. but in comparison to everything else, those are the most winnable games. Competitive sure. games. That's all we want. <laughs> right, right. Um, Amiza Lou, you guys rock sitting in a gas station listening. Appreciate you. Thanks Thank for you, hanging Amiza. out with us tonight. Um, and yeah, Mark says, hope Primo gets a second chance somewhere. Yeah, so he probably will he eventually. Will. And I think, you know, there's the mental like health treatment thing and he's probably going to do that for like a year and then maybe with, in like a year or two. What'd you say? I shouldn't have said that. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, he'll probably end up on, on a team. Some, I would imagine yeah. he'll end up on a G League like or not a G League team, but like he'll be a team will sign him. He'll be in the G League a little bit, and then he'll make a roster somewhere in a couple of years. Yeah, and probably will become like a big advocate for whatever the Cowboys um, if, will sign if him. he plays again. Unless it's something that's really bad, the Cowboys will <laughs> sign him. Unless it's something that that's really bad, and and it's just something that will never come out in the settlement. But like the league knows about, you know. Mm. So we'll, we'll have see. to see. We'll have to see. But the Spurs are in tank mode. We're going to be making some draft content moving forward, looking at some of the prospects and potential pieces that the Spurs can add to this young core here because there is some talent despite mm -hmm. all these losses. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll just enjoy all these games with Pop, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just watch for improvement. I, I wonder, this, this once again, not to keep extending this, but like, this also makes me wonder like about the the comment that the Minnesota broadcaster made to Sean Elliott. Like mm -hmm. if he's really in this, like, is he just, is he really just about to be like, screw it. I'm here for this rebuild because I believe in these guys eventually. <laughs> mm. Maybe, I don't know. Well, we could only watch and, and have to see, but I, I, it's kind of funny that pop is just out here just dealing with this team. And he's like, screw it, man. I, I, I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> if, he's, if he's got the energy, I mean, my all oh, means. Oh my Lord. Right. Yeah. You can't tell the dude who has the most wins ever to go away. Really? So literally he'll never be fired. He could, <laughs> he could have eight seasons in a row where he loses and he won't be fired. Oh, gosh. Yep. Just to address MEZ because he's such a faithful guy. I don't think we'll bring in any point guard depth MEZ, not because it's a bad decision, but because we're not trying to win and we have Blake Wesley coming back. So for now, I think we will just deal with the fact that we have no point guard depth. <laughs> Let's see. It was six to eight weeks. Um, yeah. 
and I am trying to remember when that was. That was before the Raptors game, right? I was at his last game. Yeah. Chicago was his last game. Okay, Chicago. So that's October that before, 28th. Yeah. So that's about a month ago. So we've got about another month at the most. So Probably after Christmas, he'll come back. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully a little bit earlier. Um, but they'll probably, as Adrian said earlier, they're probably going to hold out these guys as much as possible, whether they're rookies or Josh Richardson, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And now with us being in the bottom of the league, really, like that was the first time I'd really looked at the standings in a little bit. Like, obviously, I knew the Spurs had been losing. Um, but yeah, when you're there and and the t- what you have, like right now, you're in the percentages you want to be in the lottery with the talent that they have. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely going to keep trying to lose. And I get what you're saying, M Easy here, but but they're not going to bring anybody in. Probably, yeah, they're just going to play Jordan not. Hall there. Yeah, Jordan, <laughs> we have depth. We had Jordan Hall. We're good. We're set. We're going to run Dom Hall, Barlow at the point. Look, I, I that's what we need. We need the Jordan Hall, Dom Barlow pick and roll starting mm-hmm. for sure. There we go. For there sure. We go. Hey, Zach we, is back. He's our point guard. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Malachi was actually who was running it last time, so they, they'll probably just let him take those. Um, those minutes for the time being we'll see that was just one game last night um and i'm sure that had to do with sohan's injury a little bit too hopefully he can get back soon um but i know that you know malachi is kind of that combo guard as well so as long as blake's out they'll give him some of those carries as long as jay rich is out as well so it all leads to more l's which just is a higher chance of getting one of these top tier players which is what the spurs need right now so we will have to see ethan But we appreciate you guys coming and hanging out on SSPN with us today. We're going to be back Wednesday for another post game with you guys against the Thunder. Hopefully it'll be the first dub in a while. If you did enjoy today's show, go ahead and hit the like button below and subscribe to the channel. Tell your friends, tell all your Spurs fans, friends to come hang out, talk Spurs with us whenever we're live and just, you know, enjoy the life of being a Spurs fan wearing the silver and black. I don't, I I was trying to say something really work out. You almost had it. I tried. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at SSPN on YT. You can watch it there. Get all the links, all that good stuff at Jude McLaren at Ethan underscore Quintero as well. Um, and we appreciate y'all. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday. Go Spurs go.